my wife and I often joke that we work in a boomerang factory. You know, you try to give something away and it somehow flies right <laughs> back to you. It's... <laughs> Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as much as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, Digital media operates from a distance, and that's not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome, listeners, back to Christ in All Things. We have in studio here uh, Dale Stradel, who is the CEO, president, president, who of Stradel Enterprises Incorporated. Dale, if someone was looking to find your business, where would they go? Um, the internet would be stradel.com. S T R A T I L. dot com. dot com. Very good. Uh, and, and if they were looking for your business, they would be looking for someone to help them with computer networking. Correct. Networking, connectivity, um, security, um, making sure things are backed up and protected, disaster recovery. Ooh, disaster recovery. That's a fun one. I'll bet there's a story while did that's I, part of it. Did I tell you, one, one of my professors had to go to a business like yours, um, and I won't say who it was, lost his entire Biblical commentary, like one of those can one of those big uh, blue Gordia Publishing House oh, commentaries on a gospel lost, and thanks be to God for somebody who has those gifts recovered literally years and years and thousands of hours of labor. I so. probably know which one. <laughs> so we could talk about that later, but I'll anyway, that that's alone for now. That's what, the well, best customers for backup are those that have lost something. So, well, and that you know works with the name. Yes, very Meaning, much. So. Yeah. So if you <laughs> caught episode one, there, Stradle Bohemian means lost. Uh, so that that works well, and whether you're able to share that with people who have lost something might give them a little comfort in the midst of it. Uh, Dale, as we come back to this conversation with you, we want to focus uh, to in this bit um, on the top three to five things that have really shaped uh, the business that you that you own and operate uh, into what it is. So, can can you think of what that might be? Again, I'm not going to say there's any aha moments that sure. you knew at that point in time. I think it's all things again that dovetail together. It's it's just the family. It's the mother and father, the supportive family all through school, you know, being pushed, but being supported at the same time. Um, always, they want more for you. So you learn to want more for yourself type of thing. So having a good, you know, family support group around you is a great thing that then pushes you in. And then you also have, you know, the, the Christian background that is always influential. If you're doing it correctly, it should form who you are. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be something just you look to do on Sunday morning to appease God. That's, that's the wrong way of doing it. Uh, when it becomes a part of you, then you can practice it. And that's a huge part. And then 
with that, it's just other people along the way, um, customers that see you early on that know you're young and know you're inexperienced. They want to share, help and direct you. And there were some of those as well that, um, you know, definitely gave me some direction, gave me some, you know, instrumental things on you know, what you can do, what you could do better, what you should be doing. That's an, that's an interesting, because he just said early on, yeah, good customers yeah. help you. Oh, that's exactly it. And that goes back to the relationship. It's not just a business relationship. You, you learn to like them and know them and their family, things like that. And, and that's where the give and take, and that's the, where the, the relationship really becomes solid. We don't look for new customers because we retain our customers. And I've never advertised. I've only grown through referrals and gaining customers that way. That's saying something, too. It is. About what shaped and formed the business, right? Dale, in all of these, right, I'm really seeing this theme of uh, you invest in the relationship and allow the business to grow from there. Definitely. And sometimes it can be even frustrating, but you have to come back to your core and why you're doing it. Sometimes we feel like we care more about the the data and the computers and the customer does. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you don't understand how important this is, but well, at the same time they do because you're there. Which so. might be, well, why they, why those customers, why those businesses have engaged in this business with you because they know how much you care about the data. Definitely. And over time they give you tasks because they know you're not going to let go of it till it's solved. And they know that over that they just become reliant upon that type of problem solving solution. Yeah. And that's what they're looking for. for. Forgive me the, how many, do you have a number, how many customers do you serve presently, roughly? Uh, roughly probably 100 on an annual basis. Okay. And yeah. how, how many of those are repeat? Um, I would say the, the top half are probably really re- repetitive, um, some on a weekly basis, some on a you know, monthly basis, some then you know, less than that. But I'd say we have probably our... I don't know, probably our top 75% of our customers are probably in our top, you know, 25 customers. Yeah. Like that relationship. It's, it's kind of like in church, the 80-20 rule. Yeah. <laughs> and you said some of these have been customers of yours from the time the enterprise began. Correct. That's, yeah, that's very true. And so we were putting in things that don't even exist anymore at that time, have grown with the business, have grown through the relationships, family-owned um, father passed down to son as well. Um, wow. You're in those types of things. So you know them, you know the family, you know all the employees. You've been there longer than most. Um, so you know the culture, you know the people, you know what they're looking for. You know, I'm, well, sorry, I, I told you. You, you just could, jump, buddy. Go. I, I'm interested in, you know, it's one thing on Christian entrepreneurship, and you talked about the moral compass that, that forms your decision, which I would imagine all things considered is easy when you're a simple enterprise, but then you have to hire people and how do you be a, a Christian enterprise when, when that employee base expands, how do you, how do you continue to be who you are? So some things don't change and some things change drastically. Um, there's some things that I like. I, I do service other, um, Christian schools and churches and things like that as well. It's great to see them to be able to start their day in prayer and do that type of thing. We can't do that because you could 
ostracize somebody. They could complain. They wouldn't like that. They think something's being forced upon them. So in, in our own environment, in the office, you still act and project those same values in that same way. That doesn't change what you can do and say. Sometimes you've got a kind of curve or, you know. So you don't have daily chapel at, at Stradle Enterprises. Exactly right. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Or, or start the morning with prayer and devotion. Correct. But okay. I can still bow my head and pray and give thanks before yeah. eating lunch. Yeah. Well, you're the president. How about how <laughs> about, about, about policy-wise? <laughs> yeah. How, business policy-wise? Business policy is going to be the same. I mean, it, it, you know, being on top, you know, being on time for your job, doing your job, those types of things. That's just what you expect. And those expectations come out fairly quick and easy. Um, I'm not as worried about an employee manual as I am about just doing your job, getting things done. And then you can be flexible. You look for adult relationships. You look for adult employees that can, you know, kind of run their own life that you're not running it. But that's what happens as you grow and get bigger and bring other people in. It brings a lot of drama in. And sometimes you've got to hone that out. It, it, stri- it strikes me that when you're, I mean, so you're, you're hiring somebody and that's got to be one of the major challenges of operating your business because you have your values and your business is centered on understanding the, the customer's needs and, 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 and being less concerned about the dollar than doing the work to which you've been called. And you've just got to repetitively express that and let the employees know that that's, that's why we're here. It's about that relationship. I, I tell employees constantly, anyone can sell windows. Anyone can sell a computer. It's the service that comes along with us that's going to separate us. It's what you give them. It's listening to the customer. It's solving their problems. That's what differentiates. It's not the commodity that we're selling. What's the, so. Okay, I'm going to jump in here. Has there there been a moment in the life of the business that you can put your finger on when that was tested? Oh, that's, yeah, that's tested all the time. When it comes to invoice disputes, when it comes to things like that, you then have to work through that. Yeah. Was, is there a big one that you can think of that you can actually talk about that, that you can without necessarily naming names? Yeah. Without naming names where you can go, okay, you know what? That was a moment when this policy that I operate on was really tested. And this is what I learned. Well, I would say like in an invoice dispute, when something comes up to be much higher than someone's expecting, or it goes outside on time material, it's outside of a quote. So all of a sudden something wraps up more hours, more time, and they get something, they're upset about it, whatever that comes back. And now you, how you handle that is everything. And I'm not going to say I've won every one of those. Or I've had it end up the way I've wanted. Um, people see things differently. Yeah. The biggest thing is you got to go in with an open mind. If it's all about the money, that's all you're going to argue yeah. is on that basis. If it's about the relationship, you're willing to give up more at, you know, upfront as far as the money or the invoice goes and think, okay, over time, if this is a good relationship, it's a lucrative, you know, um, relationship, then over time we'll make that back. We'll make it good and we'll go on. And that's part of your, uh, under promise over deliver. Correct. Yeah. So you've, did you always operate that way or have you learned to operate that way over time? No, I think that's been from the beginning. That's pretty much, it, it hasn't always been. I started out very early on and one of the things that one of the customers told me was that I was, I wasn't charging enough. Huh. In the industry and what was going on, you know, I would, I started out, you know, $25 an hour in a handshake and, you know, they're saying other people that are offering what you're doing, 
at your skill and ability level, you should be much higher than that. So I found out I was actually losing jobs because of my rate. And so I actually increased my hourly rate and picked up more work because they saw that, okay, now you've got to be, you know, better at what you're doing. Cause you're this guy's serious. More. Yeah. Cause if you're only charging, you know, a nickel, then Something's people, wrong with you. people are going to expect a nickel's worth of work. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Wow. And those are things you learn over time that they don't teach you in school. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the, the laborer's worth is higher. Indeed. I think I've read that somewhere before <laughs> regarding the servants of the gospel. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's, uh, let's pin, you know, let's pin that as a, a thing that you've learned uh, over time and experience something that happened that really framed how you operate as a business. Is there another one? Um, we used to have a lot more problems. Hardware and reliability of components weren't as good as they are today. And you would have a customer go down a, a catastrophic failure. And basically their business is on the line. And I've spent 48, 72 hours straight at a customer site getting them back up and going. Yeah. And again, at that point in time, it's not about the dollar. It's not about the hourly wage. It's now about getting this person back up and running. Making them whole. And that's what, Yeah. and doing that and putting in that time and effort when it's needed is what secures that relationship and why they're not out looking to replace you. Yeah. Because they know it's not about the wage. It's not about the hourly basis. It's about the integrity of the business solution. It's kind of like being there, right? That's, that's what's, I, I'm struck at the moment. We're going to talk a lot this next year yeah. about friendship. I'm struck by the parallels. It, I'm not surprised. I'm it, well. I, I guess I. I guess I am. And 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 I'm not surprised because um, when Dale, when you talk about uh, integrity and vocation and uh, relationship. The, these are things that I see or I, I have experienced in my own vocation right, as pastor. And, and when you invest in people and when you take the time to be there and when you're the same guy all the time, whether things are going really well or whether it's a challenge, uh, people learn to trust you. And, and likewise, in your, in your uh, entrepreneurial vocation, your customers over 30 years, some of them have been with you, know to trust you. And part of that is because when there's a crash, you're there and you're willing to be there to get them whole, to, to put them back together, to, to, to make their business run. Uh, I think there's some similarity. What we do, Pastor O'Donnell, is we're there for people. And when, when life hits the skids, or when, uh, <laughs> when that which can occur in a fallen creation occurs rapidly, the important thing is that we're there. And they, people know that they can call us and we'll be there. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's absolutely huge in the relationship. And, and that's the same thing. Customers give us work to do that they could do. If yeah. they wanted to sit on hold for two hours and go through the ring roll and do all that type of stuff, they could possibly do it on their own, but they're focused on running their business. Yeah, They want us to take care of those types of things so they don't have to and they can focus on what needs to be done. So they're comfortable in handing that off and having you do things that lightens their load and lets their focus, you know, better on their business. So there's a lot of that that happens in knowing that you're there and you can do things. Yeah, I could do it, but I don't have all day to do it. So you can do it quicker, faster, more efficiently. It's going to cost me something, but that relationship, they know that it's it's worthwhile. There's an Act 6 parallel in there, too. Fill us in. Okay, so 
the apostles are preaching the gospel, and that's their primary concern. That's their primary vocation, as they've been called by God to do so. And a complaint arises from within the, the people that have now heard the gospel and rejoiced in this gift of forgiveness and life and salvation. And, and uh, the, the apostles want to hand it off to say, we, we want to focus on prayer and the teaching the word. So you guys choose from among you men full of the spirit of good reputation and, and will appoint them to the task of managing the, the distribution of resources or the, the feeding of the, the widows and the orphans and the poor. Uh, and they do. Uh, and so, Dale, what you're saying is, um, even in the business world, this happens. A- and part of your business is to come alongside of a business that has this other uh, vocation and say, we'll take care of that man of managing that aspect so you guys know you don't have to worry about it. Even though you could do it yourself, you recognize there's a, there's a good in investing in others to accomplish that task. Christ in all things. Boy, it just <laughs> flies, doesn't it? It does kind of work. Yeah. Okay, so Dale, there's two, right? Uh, w- being able to be there for somebody when, they're, when their business crashes or when there's a catastrophic failure. Uh, the relationship investment so that people know they can trust you and that integrity. Uh, so presence, relationship, is there another, is there another, and I, w- I want to phrase this a little differently. Is there another pillar, another key aspect to how Stradle Enterprises operates? I think a key one, again, going off the relationship aspect is that my wife and I have worked together through this whole thing. Yeah. And we hear so often, oh, I could never work with my spouse every day. And which is unfortunate, but I get it for some people they couldn't. Um, having the same value in the same thing. Um, she knows why I work late. Um, she understands she's in, as invested as I am, and she knows what we have in this. So to have, again, that kind of support, that's someone that you can talk to, bounce things off, vent when you need to, um, that type of thing is paramount in what we do, that we have each other, we have a common goal, we have a common focus, and that makes things very easy. So which leads me to a personal question. I, I imagine there, you, this is a family business. Can you turn it off? No, (laughs) no. (laughs) And and so when you go on vacation as a family, I've, I've taken phone calls from customers in cornfields in Iowa and on mountains in Colorado, (laughs) um, hunting trips, fishing trips, um, extremely hard at, at least I have to check in. Yeah. Um, certain things. My techs are out in the field. I'm their support. Yeah. So if they've got questions or need to bounce something off or how to handle a situation, you've got to always be somewhat available. Um, and the nice thing is they realize that as well. And when things need to, they bring it back to me because they know they like that I can handle it. They know the customer likes that I can handle it. And so that constantly comes back. So my wife and I often joke that we work in a boomerang factory. You know, you try to give something away and it somehow flies right back to you. It's, <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> that is a great line. <laughs> work in a boomerang factory. Yeah, there, there, yeah. There's, there's, your, there's your quote for the teaser. Indeed. My wife and I work in a boomerang factory. Yep. Uh, so, okay. Relationship, integrity, presence. Uh, 
the the family aspect of it that really models uh, your life together is is a whole shared life together. And at the center of that is a shared faith. Correct. For you and Kim. And I don't want to give the the false presentation that this is built from this from day one and always been this way. Um, your faith is something that grows or should grow as you get older and more mature, you understand it better. And I think that's happened with me as well. Um, I grew up very much under the context of work harder, you get more in return type of thing. So it took a while for that to, you know, do a 180 and find out that it's not all about you. Um, really? Yeah. You, you, know, you start out thinking that, you know, well, God gave you this wife and God gave you this daughter and it's for years to provide again. And that's not always the case because God can take those gifts away as much yeah. as he gives them to you. And that's where you, that's where your, your aspect of everything changes and that focus changes. It's not about you and how hard you work. It's about how you do your work. And, and it did not start like that from the beginning in every aspect, but that's what it's turned to, to me to figure out that those gifts are gifts of God, all of them, your, your wife, your daughter, your family, your customers, those are all gifts from God and treat them accordingly that they can be taken away. They can be growing. They can be however he wants to handle them. Let him do that direction. And you just show up for work and do a good day's work. You're feverishly writing pastor. I want to, I wanted to see if I got that right. Cause I, I, that seemed to me an interesting quotation. It's not about how hard you work. It's about how you work. Correct. I like that. Yeah, kind of like work smarter, not stronger. Use your, yeah. use your brain, not your back. Yeah. Did you steal that from somebody, or is that a straightalism? No, that's that's just, I guess, a philosophy of how I how I've come to see things and how I I do things. That you know, and I I'm not taking away anything from a, a a guy with a shovel. I've done that. I still do that. You know, there there's physical work that, and there's you know a reward in that as well. And that's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is just be smart about your job and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that is part of what is framed Straddle Enterprises Incorporated. That's who how we are. You, yeah, that's how you go about what you do. Correct. That's the differentiator. Yeah. What's the, um, and you don't have to answer this question. My experience has been most of what we learn is through failure. Are you willing to talk about without naming names? something that you've learned as a, as a business through failure? Well, I don't think we have enough time for all those. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need um, to know all of them. Just pick one. But it, it, again, starting out small and starting out, you know, with things I can remember a $200 video card being, you know, blown out um, because of tech, you know, doing something you shouldn't have done. And that comes out of your pocket. You can't go back to the customer. You can't do anything else. You eat that and you go on, but you do learn from that. Sometimes you, you have to put something, you know, um, uh, put something in place that a policy or procedure, something like that to frame it. And that's something else that we've done is we've, we've framed those types of things. So it becomes more repetitive. So you don't have to think about everything different each time. Every job's a little bit different, but if you frame it and you have some policies and procedures in place, what do you mean by frame it? Cause you've said that and you've done the same hand yeah, motion. What, what you're, what you're doing and what you're working on can be framed how you start a job, how you document a job, how you go through, how you troubleshoot and the policies and procedures around that, how a phone call comes in. Is it something that needs to be quoted? Who does it go to? Just all those policies and procedures that you build. When you start a business on your own, the handbook isn't there. You're writing it. And so those policies and procedures you put in place, 
that's what forms that. And some of that is because of the mistakes you've made. You don't want someone else to make it. You've already made it, learn from it, and let others learn from it. And, and you actually write the handbook. Correct. Which my guess is not everybody does. So uh, there's, a, there's a wisdom in that. There is, but it's a, it's a never-ending task. There, there's always going to be something that's going to circumvent the policies and procedures you put in place. You're going to have this one-off thing that you never thought of. Now, do I need a policy and procedure for it, or do I just need to be an adult and figure out how to deal with this one time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to tap one more thing. Uh, you've said this a couple of times, be an adult. Dale, what does that mean? Some of that can think on their own, come up with a solution. Um, if, if, if you know what our hours are, I shouldn't have to tell you when to show up for work and when we end work. It's just hiring adults that can, they have some grip of their own life. They can do their own thing. I don't want to deal with those types of things in your life. If I've got to tell you multiple times what time we start and how to get here, you're not the right fit for this company. That makes sense. It's, it strikes me we've discovered something similar over here. At, here at St. Paul's as well over the years and is that the, the people who do best here understand that whether they have a formal divine call from the church or not, that whatever they are hired to do, that this is a an office of service. They're part and, of a tapestry. Yeah. And they may be only a thread in it, but they're part of it. And you've got to figure that out when it's all about you. And that's part of the problem with the Facebook and some of those other things. It's all about you and expressing to people what I have. This is my car looks like this is my vacation. That's where you run into problems because you run that roller coaster. Your highs are really high. Your lows are really low because everything's about you. And when you find out that you're part of a bigger machine and you just need to work with it, work every, what you do makes someone else's job easier and you become part of that. That's what helps. And that's what makes, again, going back to being an adult. You mean like, and I'm going to say this and probably wrap us up. You mean like we're all part of one body and we all have different roles and we're all different parts of the body? And just because I'm not an eyeball doesn't mean I can't say to the nose, well, I don't need you. And just because I'm a, I'm a, I'm an ear. And or that you a, wouldn't say that. Uh, right. But just the thing because is, I'm it's not only ear. that, it goes further than that because everyone's aware that they have an eye or an ear. Yeah. Are you a pancreas? Are yeah. you? No, you, I don't you know, have one of those. Well, see that. <laughs> <laughs> but are you, are you an insufficient part that, you know, no one knows about the vascular system below the yeah. calf or whatever it may be that, you know, you're still part of that. That is still yeah. one of the members and no matter how sufficient or insufficient you may think it is, it still needs to be there. And it's an important part. If you didn't need to be there, you wouldn't be there. Yeah. But you are. Right. So do the best at it. And that means you're important. Welcome to life in the body of Christ. Uh, this has been a real treat. I'm super thankful. And I, we could, we could chat for a while longer, but, but we're up at time. I want to give I think we should give you an opportunity for maybe a closing, closing thought. A little commercial maybe. Yeah. Well, the one thing I did want to bring up that I reluctantly wasn't able to, um, you, you asked about some of the influences of life and, and things that have gone there. Pastor Suflo, who baptized me, um, we separated at a point in time, then we came back together um, at church, and I was able to spend a lot of time with him in his latter years, become very close with him, um, and end up being a pallbearer at his funeral. Wow. So that type of relationship, that's something that's just unique and special, especially with your pastor, that 
who catechized you, who, you yeah. know, had a lot of influence in your life. That's something special. And those are, those are the things with relationships that you can't get in a paycheck. And that have helped form Absolutely. how you operate. Absolutely. Even within your business. Dale, it is, I am continue to be blown away. Uh, just in the man that God's made you and the opportunities he's placed before you and how he's shaped you through them. So thank you for sharing them with us here at Christ in all things and here at St. Paul's in our life together. Uh, I can't wait to see what's around the corner that God is going to provide for us. For show notes and other information about Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in All Things to you as a gift, but it's not free to produce and distribute. So if you'd like to help us make Christ in All Things a self-supporting show and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristInAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ in all things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. You love those way too much, and I still can't believe you bought them. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping. And a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping and a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate more than that, well, fly us wherever you want, and we will record Christ in All Things at your chosen location. Within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or the old-fashioned way, give us a call, 262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission. <laughs>